I really want to start today's message. Well, let's start with a prayer, Father. I give you the glory, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to come here today to proclaim your word, Lord, as what we do here, Father. We're all about you. We want to talk about you. We want to live for you. We want to give you the glory and honor and praise. And we do that today, Father, because without you, we're nothing, Father. Your word says that uh, you endured the cross. You despised the shame, and you sit at the right hand throne of God making intercession for us, Father. And we pray for that today, Lord, for everyone's here today, Father, that your spirit would move in a mighty way, touch our hearts, help us to remember why we're here, why we're alive, that you have a plan for us, Father, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future, Father. And I think about the future, and I think about you, Father, just giving you the glory, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I really wanted to start at the end today. I really wanted to start at a graveyard. When you go to a graveyard and you see tombstones there, you will see a person's name. Then you'll see the year they were born. Then you'll see the year they died. And in the middle of that is a dash. And I like to call this the dash day because I want to talk about that dash. It's in between because that dash really is a representation of your life. What you did your whole life while you were here on earth. Uh, and it's what you'll stand before God for when you leave this earth and give an account for him. And really the first point today, uh, the message is called New Versus Old. And really the first point today is that it's all about, it starts with following Jesus. Everything we do, you have to start with Christ. It obviously ends with Christ, but it starts with Christ. With all that is going on in the world right now, Jesus must be the Lord, your Lord and Savior. He has to be, he must be. And it all starts by surrendering our lives to him and, and asking him to forgive us of our sins and make him Lord of our life. So I thought it'd be cool if we started in the beginning when Jesus first called his disciples when we were here on earth in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. I want to share these five verses with you. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers standing there, Simon, who's called Peter and Andrew, his brother, and casting a net in the sea because they were fishermen. That's what they did for a living. And he said to them, Jesus looked right at him and said, follow me. And I will make you a fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, the word says. And they're mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. If you read on in Mark, they actually called James and John the sons of thunder. That's where that came from. That's where that ministry in Africa came from that we've been supporting since whenever, 2002, 2003. So I, I tell you those five verses because I want to ask you today, when did God call you? What was the circumstances that he called you? Uh, and have you been following him? How long have you been following him? Could you, add, when you ask us, you know, the five W's and the H, you know, who, what, where, when, why, and how, how have you been following him? So I thought today I would uh, play a little vignettes, a couple little vignettes. Your part is Jesus, and I'll tell you my part, okay? Uh, I want to take you to uh, maybe a metro bus stop, 
and somebody's waiting for the metro to show up and Jesus walks up because I want to take you if Jesus came to this generation right now today and asked you to follow him this may be what we look like so I want you to put up Matthew 9 9 and you all are going to read the Jesus part and then I'm going to play a little skit on you okay so go ahead and read it let's go Jesus calls Matt as Jesus passed from here he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed. So I thought to myself, well, if he came to me today, this guy might be sitting in a metro stop, maybe going to a Nationals game since they are the world's champions now. And I made up his name as Matthew Thinkenheimer. Okay, so Jesus comes up to Matthew Thinkenheimer in the year 2019 and says, follow me. So he's sitting on the bench. He's waiting for the Metro to pull up. There's nobody else around. Maybe they all went to the Orioles game instead. I don't know. But this is what Matthew responds to Jesus in this generation. Uh, Matthew Thinkenheimer, come and follow me. Uh, I'll think about it. Uh, I have some other things to do first. Uh, there are a couple other religions I need to check out. Uh, I've done a lot of bad stuff, Jesus. How much time is this going to take for me? I mean, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life. Seriously, do I have to give up any money to follow you? Uh, I need to think about this for a while. Uh, I'll call you if I got any questions. I have my cell phone on me. I'll give you a call if you want to come. So next, Jesus comes up. Uh, and I want to take us to Fair Oaks Mall. Praise God, I used to work there at Sam Goody. Oh, I loved my job there, it was beautiful. But here, uh, this guy's name, uh, well, let's get to his name here first, praise God. His name is Evan Everything. That's his name, all right? Now, you all are playing a part of Jesus. You all are gonna read Matthew 10, 38 and 39, because this guy, Evan Everything, uh, he's walking down the mall. Uh, he has his shirt on. Oh, let's see here. Praise God. He has his shirt on, uh, walking down the mall. Here comes Jesus up to him, and this is what Jesus says to him. Let's go. And everyone who, go ahead, let me hear you read. <laughs> Wow, that's beautiful. I felt like I was in a Catholic church all of a sudden when I heard that. But isn't that two great verses? So he comes up to Evan everything, and he says, follow me. And he reads that verse. You know, Jesus just spurts that verse out to every everything, Evan everything, and then on the back of his jersey, praise God. Did you notice that? All right. So, uh, <laughs> praise God. So Evan everything. Every, heaven, everything, little tongue twister there. He says this to Jesus, wait a second, man. I've been doing pretty good without you. I've acquired a lot of stuff on my own. I'm healthy. I make a good income. I have kids. I can't lose all this and follow you, Jesus. I don't want to give up my life right now the way I'm living right now, and I sure don't want to give up any of my money unless it's something I want. So think about it. That's Evan everything. 
Now, I want to take you to IHOP. There's a bunch of men meeting for a breakfast at IHOP. And here comes Jesus walking in. And there's a guy there, Charlie Crosswords. He's pretty successful guy, has a nice suit jacket. I think I wore this a few weeks ago. Had a nice suit jacket on. He's oh, got to take the button off before you put it on. He's sitting at IHOP, group of guys, and Jesus walks in and says these verses. Here we go. All of us. All right. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his mind for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Could you imagine that? And there's Charlie Crosswords sitting in IHOP. He's working on his fifth piece of bacon. Well, Adeline stole a couple of his pieces of bacon while they're eating. But here's Charlie Crosswords. Jesus says those verses to him, and here's his response. What are you talking about? I go to church when it fits my schedule. I'm a busy man. I have my career to think about. I've been pretty successful have you seen my new car? I really can't give up any of my stuff right now for someone else. By the way, what's in it for me? And can you see that happening? You think about this generation, how people will respond when they hear about Christ. It's unbelievable. Now I want to take you to uh, back when Jesus had just been crucified, died, buried, how they just sang about it rose again, sits at the right-hand throne of God, and then 50 days later, something happens. And it's called Pentecost. And there the Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter 2, which is probably the greatest chapter in the Bible. Of course, we say that about every chapter. But Acts chapter 2, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's thousands of people standing there, and the tongues of fire came down, and they were speaking in different languages, and everybody who was there understood what he was saying. And Peter said this, let all, let all of the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made both the Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. I mean, Peter got very serious there. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Can I tell you something? There's probably not a Sunday that we're not praying before you know, at nine o'clock for this service, for God to move in this service, and that someone in here would say, brothers, what do I got to do, man? And so I tell you all these things that, could you tell Matthew Thinkenheimer, could you tell Evan everything, and could you tell Charlie Crosswords what they need to do? In that day of Pentecost, Peter said it. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's why we baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, for the forgiveness of their sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
For the promise is for you, Peter said, and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, God calls to himself. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So my question for everyone that's here today, have you done what Peter said in those two verses? Do you have any family members, extended family or relatives or friends or work associates or neighbors that need to do this? Because can I think, tell you something? Every one of us is going to have that dash from the day we're born and the day we die. And if we don't make it right before that day we die, it's not going to be a good thing. The Bible says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell for people who don't repent of their sins and ask Christ into your heart. And that's why we have an altar call here every week because we pray that God is opening up someone's eyes to him that the light of the gospel of glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine upon them or these altars should be filled every week because I know every one of you that God has put people in your path that don't know him whether it's family members or friends or work associates or neighbors or whatever, we should be up here this week, every week, just like the three ladies that come up here every week to pray for revival, that more people would come and more people would have a passion for Christ. Because really in America, we got it pretty good here, man. We have a lot of stuff. We have so much stuff that's really taken us away from the Lord. And if we want to see a revival here, it starts with prayer. And then it proceeds with us sharing Christ outside these walls for what he has done in our lives and is doing in our life and is going to do in our life. We have to be thankful and sincere and real about our relationship with God to go out and make a difference in him because we're ambassadors for him. When we voted on Tuesday... I, you know, I hardly ever get on Facebook or put something on Facebook, but I thought to myself, I've got to put something on Facebook. Didn't want to say anything about Republican, Democrat. I don't care about that stuff. I care about Christ and I care about life. And that's why I put on there, please go out and vote for pro-life candidates because we got to stop killing babies in this world. We got to stop human trafficking in this world. And it starts with prayer. And it starts with voting and going out and making a difference. Then as we're talking about this dash today and your life today, our new life, when we receive Christ, when we repent of our sins, like Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Our new life is different from the culture. We're supposed to be different. When we go outside these walls, we're supposed to live different, think different, act different, dress different, listen to different music, worship him. So I thought about Ephesians. I'm going to stick in here now for today. Ephesians 4. It says, now I say and testify in the Lord that you, because if you wanted to know, oh, how do I live that dash out the rest of my life? What do I do? that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And when they say Gentiles, they're talking about unbelievers here. And it says in the futility of their mind. And what does futility mean? It means ineffectiveness or it means uselessness. In other words, the things you're doing is not useful to God. 
Not useful to the people you know. Don't walk that way anymore. They're darkening their understanding. Why do we see the world, the condition that it's in? Because they're darkening in their understanding. They're alienated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous. They have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And we see that in this generation. But that's not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth in Jesus. And really, that's what church is all about. That's really what parenting is all about. Raising your kids up and teaching them the things of God and teaching them that their heart won't be darkened, that they won't be alienated from God, that they'll understand Christ, that they won't have the ignorance of not knowing Christ. And I love when he says, assuming that you have heard about him or were taught him as the truth in Jesus. And when I think about being a pastor and I think about Pastor Caleb and I, we're going to stand before God one day and give an account. Did you teach him the gospel? Did you teach him the word? If you're an elder here in this church, the same thing. Did you use your uh, title or your position to, to live out Christ outside these walls? Did you invite people in your neighborhood to come? Verse 22, he says, put off your old self which belongs to the former manner of life. Remember when we didn't know him? It's corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And that's what discipleship is about. That's what growing in Christ is about, being renewed by the spirit in your minds to put on the new self created by the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And I'm thought about myself, that's that movie, Wax On, Wax Off. You're waxing off the old self, you're waxing on the new self. Think about it. It's so important. When you think about your new life and you think about the end of your life and that dash in between the day you were, you were born and the day you were died, our words and actions are so important. Every day I think about that, my words and my actions because you asked the question that I asked last week, where do we go from here? With all this stuff we're learning, all the stuff we're growing and gathering in groups and, and being discipled and growing our relationship with God, where do we go from here? And that's what last week was about and this week and next week. It's something that we need to ask ourselves personally every day as a church family. Where do we go from here? A couple Wednesday nights ago when we were going through our Tony Evans study, No More Excuses, love it. Love the study. And he was talking about the vine in there. And we read that scripture, the nine guys that were there tonight. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, that, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then one of the guys in there, he's not here this morning. And I don't mind saying his name, Brian Dobbins, great guy. He has helped us a lot here with the vans and stuff. And he's just a faithful guy on Wednesday night. He looked at all the guys and said, well, what does it look like day to day to abide in the vine? And I thought, that's a fantastic question. That's something we should all be asking ourselves. What does that look like day to day to abide in the vine? Because we want to bear fruit for him, right? We want to make a difference for him, right? We know we're going to stand before him one day and give an account for what we've done in our body, right? 
And I thought to myself, well, here we are, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, if you want to know how to live day by day, abiding in the divine, check out these next eight verses. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. I mean, we take communion here together. We serve together. We worship together. We get in the word together. So we're members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. And I'd like to stop there for a while because you got to ask yourself the question, what do we do to give the devil an opportunity to mess with us, to get us off course, to get us off that narrow path? And I thought to myself, well, not being connected is a big start. You know, not spending time with him in prayer, not feeding on the word or reading the word, not serving, not giving, not fellowshipping. When we don't do that, those things, that's what gives the devil a foothold, an opportunity to mess with us. Verse 28 says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share. Isn't that beautiful? With everyone that's in need. And when I think about that share, I think about our tithe, I think about our offerings, that we work hard, we go outside these walls, you all have jobs, you all work hard, we do honest work so we can share something with those in need. Verse 29, he goes on and says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up. Wow, just think if every media uh, outlet thought about that verse before they would talk every day. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to everyone who hears do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. That's so important. Verse 31, and let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. And clamor, what is clamor? I try to look it up. It says a loud uproar of a crowd of people. So anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. If you want that dash to be Faithful and that dash should be pleasing to God. Put that stuff away. And with all malice, malice is the desire to inflict injury or harm or suffering. Be kind to one another, the Bible says. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. So if you look at those eight verses and you think, well, I want to be fruitful for God. What are those verses telling me to do? Put away falsehood. Speak truth. Be angry. Do not sin. Give no opportunity for the devil. Don't steal. Do honest work. So important. Share with those who are in need. Let no corrupt talk build one another up. Do not grieve the spirit. So if you're here today and you believe every word that I've shared with you from God's word, I will once again ask you the question, where do we go from here?
Where do we go from here personally and as a church? My last point today I want to give is don't give in to the current culture. Don't allow the culture to speak to you or teach you things that are not of Christ to get involved in it. Don't give in to the current culture. Infiltrate it. That's what we need to do as Christians. We need to go outside these walls and infiltrate the world, meaning permeate it, move into it, make a difference for. I want to close with four verses. They're kind of like warnings to us. Philippians 3, 2, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Think about that verse. And then if you want to go back to the end, Revelations 22, if you want to think about that dash, he says, behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense, meaning compensation or reward or restitution with me to repay each other for what he has done. Come on up, man. I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. And then if you want to think about the new life or the old life, which we're all born the old life. In case you didn't know that, we're all born sinners. We're all born with the old life, born to die without Christ. But when we receive him, verse 14 of Revelation 22, blessed, blessed are those who wash their robes, meaning they became a new life. Wash their robes, meaning they repented of their sins. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. And then he goes on to the old life outside of the dogs, you know, I hope there's no dog lovers in here. That's twice I've used the word dogs. Outside of the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. We can use every Sunday to make things right. Before that date, that final death date comes up, you have to make things right with Christ. Father, I give you the glory for today. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for this church family, Father. What a privilege, what an honor it is to come and share your word, Lord, because I know your word is what sets us free. It's what makes a difference, Father. So I ask you to bless our offering today. I ask you to bless our worship today. I ask you to bless our altar time here. And there's gotta be somebody here that wants to pray for someone else that doesn't know Christ that we know them and we're a part of their lives, but we realize one day that dash is gonna stop and there's gonna be an ending date. And we're living in our dash time of life right now, Father. And we wanna bear fruit for you. We wanna abide in the vine so we can make a difference for you, Father. And I give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen.
took the fall and thought of 